Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome on this short journey away from the television graveyard. I am your TV necromancer, TV's Noah Houlihan, and welcome to this very special bonus episode. I'm here on my own as we venture into new territory. We are going to take a look at Nick Nocturne's 2019 Candy Bowl over on the Nightmind channel on YouTube. Why are we doing this? Well, Laura sadly could not be here for this, so instead of doing a normal episode, I thought I would take us on this little short journey into parts unknown. And also, because I'm in it! Yes! I submitted to the film festival known as the Candy Bowl, held by Nick Nocturne every year on the Nightmind channel, and I was lucky enough to be accepted. So I thought it would be a fun little diversion from what we normally do to take a look at this year's film festival and see what has been brought to us in the Candy Bowl. For those of you who don't know, Nick Nocturne hosts The Nightmind Show, which basically takes a look at horror in internet form. So he covers various web series and kind of dissects them and also shines light on lesser-known projects. He covered the big ones like Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, Everyman Hybrid, Marble Hornets, that's the one I wanted to say. And he also shines a light on some ones that you may not be familiar with because they didn't quite get the traction that they should have. Things like The Sleepwalking Diaries, Hi, I'm Mary Mary, which I think Film Theory actually did pick up. But in any case, he covers these things, and every year here on Halloween, we take a look at uh, what we can make. Starting last year, he opened submissions up to the public, and anyone can submit, and then he takes the very best and does a little film festival here on Halloween. So... So this is going to be a very different episode. There's probably not going to be any clips in this episode. Uh, That's for two reasons. One, I don't want you to experience the candy bowl through me. I'd rather you go watch it and then come here for some extra entertainment regarding the candy bowl. We'll have a little one-way discussion about what we saw. So I want you to watch the candy bowl first. It's about an hour. Links are in the description below. Also... I'm going to speak as if you had already seen it. So rather than going beat by beat and like dissecting every plot point and things like that, like we usually do here on this show, I'm going to assume you've seen it. I'm going to give you a little bit of my thoughts on each thing, and then we're going to move on. So this is probably going to be a short episode. I'm here by myself, so I don't have anyone to bounce anything off of other than this microphone. So let's take a look at the candy bowl. Please pause here if you have not watched the candy bowl. I will wait. Look, you have to go watch it, like, for real. Like, you just sat there and thought it would just continue. But no, pause this and go watch the Candy Bowl. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about Nick Nocturne's Candy Bowl this year. The theme of this Candy Bowl was Wicked Roots, which were basically the idea was this is what brought the creators of this into the idea of creating horror. What is your roots in horror? And we start with Homebound by Raving Oak. Homebound was a very interesting uh, way to start this off in that I actually thought it was made by Nick because 
Nick Nocturne in the world of Nightmind is a four-eyed cat demon. And there is a four-eyed creature in this little short that I thought was supposed to be Nick Nocturne. So I kind of thought we were starting with something he created, but that's not true. It's created by Raving Oak. And we basically have this very interesting style. I compare it to a action comic. Basically, it's not really animated cartoon-wise. It kind of feels like the panels of a comic book with some added, like, mood sound effects and very minimal animations, just like things kind of moving across. And I really enjoy this one. There's the creature that looks like Nick Nocturne. There's also a creature that kind of looks like the Beast from uh, Over the Garden Wall. So I think there was a subtle reference to that. But basically, it's the story of a woman who goes and visits her grandfather's grave and ends up buried alive. Ooh. I I really enjoyed it. I kind of found it a little bit hard to follow pacing-wise. I kept wanting to pause it to see what the tarot cards were that kept being pulled. I don't know a lot about tarot cards, but I feel like there was something there that I wasn't quite grasping. Uh, I said it reminded me of an action comic. I think this is the wrong medium for this story. I feel like this should have been a comic book. I felt like there was a lot of images and uh, especially when like the bumper came up that gave you like a little bit of information. I felt like it moved a little bit too quickly. The way the art style is, which is wonderful. I, I need to really uh, hit that. It is beautifully drawn. It's weird to say something that with such sinister feel to it is beautiful, but it's beautifully drawn. I really would love this story as a comic book because I would love to be able to hold it and kind of interpret each picture and spend as much time with each image as I felt like I wanted rather than what the editing decided. Uh, I basically, I want to spend more time. I really wanted to take time to unpack each image and let it have an effect on me as I kind of like viewed it and studied it rather than it moving at the speed that it moved. Uh, it's weird for me to be like, this cartoon moves too fast and there's not a lot of animation in it. But I thought the art style was so cool that I really, I would love to own it. So I really wish this was a comic book because I want to spend some time like looking through the pages. Up next, we have The Brout Monster. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Brout Monster by Skimpy Shorts. And basically, it is a black and white semi-silent film. Like, we have a little bit of a narrator. And then after the narrator's done describing this monster and its terrible eye, we end up with these puppets being terrorized by this monster. And anytime they speak, it is a title card that pops up. So it looks very much like an old-fashioned silent film with music playing over it. I thought this was great. I wish it hadn't come here. I wish that the candy bowl had established more of a sinister tone so that this would be more of a relief because the comedy in it is great. It is very funny, but we hadn't set the tone of what the candy bowl and the horror feeling was yet. So if this had popped up a little bit later, it would have been a nice like breath of fresh air to have, you know, some comedy pop up in the middle of this. I checked out Skimpy Shorts. Skimpy Shorts, if you check out their YouTube channel, it's puppets. It's full of puppets. It's very short. They don't seem to be in the horror game. So it is super cool to see someone flexing muscles that they don't usually use. I don't 
I'm not a horror guy, really. I mean, we're called plus two comedy. So this was a fun experience for me to like flex some muscles I don't get to use. So I don't, maybe, maybe the word is exercise. Cause you wouldn't flex muscles you didn't use. That would look terrible. So it was good to see people get to exercise a muscle that they don't usually get to use. And this is fantastic. And the tone of it, I don't know if you guys had the same experience. It felt a lot like. Rick and Morty's interdimensional television. Just the way that the flow was going and the way things were said, it felt very much of like, we're winging it. Yeah, look out. It's got an eye. Ooh, very funny. I uh, got some good giggles out of it. I love that it ends with a puppet yelling stupid through title card. I don't know why, but that especially tickled me. The idea that this this character who has now found a dead body of their friend, their first reaction is, you're an idiot. Loved it. I just thought it was absolutely great. So great work over at uh, Slippy Shorts. I'm sorry, Skimpy. Skippy Shorts. Not Slippy. Not Slippy the Toad. Skippy. Skippy Shorts. This brings me to the one that I've watched the most, and that's a film for Barry. A film for Barry is man this is it's so like i watched it a bunch of time and i don't even know what really to say basically it leaves you with this feeling of what did i miss like it really activates your night mind and like there's clearly something hidden that you're not getting uh for those of you who haven't seen it what are you doing i told you in the beginning but it has that Cloverfield feeling, the beginning of Cloverfield, where it definitely feels like a real party where people are actually drunk and everyone's saying into a camera, we miss you, Barry. We hope you come back next year and things like that without really uh, giving away why Barry is not there. After a few moments of people, you know, saying kind things to Barry, uh, saying that they miss him. Uh, they do set up that there's like something bad because someone does say, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because it stops me from crying. So it kind of gives out that like, it's not that he moved away or that like he joined the army, that there's something bad that happened to him. Uh, it ends with it being revealed that there is a missing persons poster on a tree. Uh, and he has been missing since 1982. That is important because the camera has a date on it that says 1984, uh, Halloween, Halloween night, 1984. And he's been missing since Halloween night, 1982. And he went missing after leaving a party with his friends. So we can kind of put together that Barry was at this exact party two years ago. And then when he left, he went missing. And now here we are two years later and they're still having this party and they still miss their friend, Barry. Now, I feel like there's something here that I'm missing. So I watched it a few times. And what I did catch was in the background on the refrigerator, you can actually see the Barry missing poster early. So you can actually spoil the ending for yourself, which I thought was cool. And it was a nice thing to like reward a second time through like, oh, oh, it's right there the whole time in front of my face. Now, I've also seen a few people venture the idea that his friends killed him and we we're supposed to put that together. 
And I did notice that anytime we are not focused on saying nice things about Barry, there's two other like main focuses. One is alcohol and, you know, the pouring of the shots and stuff like that. Perhaps there's something to do with like a poisoning or getting people drunk. I didn't silence my phone for this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Getting people drunk or uh, poisoning people in an attempt to kill them. Also... Throughout the party, we see people leaving. Like, that is a very common thing, is that we see people, like, going out the door. And it's not as much of a focus, but there are many shots that start with a door closing and people walking out. And since that is how Barry went missing, it kind of sets off some alarm bells to me of, like, oh, I wonder what that could possibly mean. Like, who was that? Where are they going? I think the thing that kind of hurts this theory that there's this tradition of this party where they kill one of their friends, and I don't know who the killers are and who the victims are or anything like that, is he went missing two years ago. So if this is tradition, there would be a party in between where this would have happened that they're not mentioning. So that's a little odd in my opinion. So I'm not sure if I buy that, but I also feel like there has to be more to this that I'm just, I'm not seeing. So I watched it a few times and I'm trying to put together some theories. Uh, they also make a couple like, uh, very specific shots where they kind of make sure that there's a clock in the background. Uh, I wasn't able to put anything together and maybe I'm just drawing straws and, you know, they just happen to have a clock in their home when they shot this. But uh, those those are my theories. I also went and checked out their YouTube page, which is Sophisticated Provisions, or SoProvisions is the, the actual name of the channel, but it's short for Sophisticated Provision. I went through it, and I, I was just like, I'm going to watch some random videos. All their videos, at least the ones that I saw, had a very similar feel. I watched one that was about poker. It was called uh, Rosa Season or something. And very much the same of like, there there was more to this, right? <laughs> like, this was a weird slice of life poker game that I wasn't quite seeing. <laughs> like, there's, I feel like there's more. There was also another one called The Missing Tape, where it was someone running and then someone kills them. And I was like, but, but why? <laughs> so I, I feel like there's something underneath all of this that I'm not getting or I'm looking for something that's not there. In any case, if you want to try to check this out, Sophisticated Perversions, they actually just uploaded a film for Barry and you could just watch it there. If for some reason you didn't watch the Candy Bowl. That brings us to, I think, the real standout of this year's Candy Bowl, and that's Cartoon Squid's submission, which is called Just As Edible. It is a cartoon about a man who is looking terrified, (laughs) who doesn't want to eat a gingerbread man because he's a little man and he doesn't want to hurt the gingerbread man. And this weird narrator character, there's no actual, like, speaking. This is all done through, like, subtitles that are very cartoony. It it kind of felt Doki Doki Literature Club-ish. This cartoony uh, narrator of sorts cuts off the man's arm and then forces him to eat his own arm. Uh, I really respect this for a few reasons. One... Out of all of them, this is the only one that went the grotesque route. 
everyone else kind of went for a creepy kind of feel like creepy by definition means the normal made strange. So like it was a party for Barry, but it was actually for a missing person. How strange you had this like creepy monster, but through this lens of like kid puppet show silent film. So this like feeling of creepiness, this one goes all out and just is like, here's some gore. You know, here's a horrible situation. And we watch as this man is forced to eat his arm and then he becomes a cake that the part at the end, I don't quite understand, but I have to give so much credit to the sound design. Sound design is so important in horror. If you are watching a horror movie, if you're one of those people that get scared easily and have trouble with horror movies, throw on subtitles and mute it. You'll get through any horror movie that way because sound is what makes it scary. And the sound design in this is, ooh, magnifique. So great, great job there on the sound design of this one. Uh, Also, my interpretation, I don't know if this is what I was supposed to get out of it, but this is how I feel about it. The idea of he doesn't want to eat this cartoon cookie because it looks like a man. And then he gets tortured, his arm gets cut off, and then we watch him eat his own arm. As a cartoon character, a cartoon character is about as alive as the cookie. So having like this very visceral horror reaction to what is happening to a cartoon, why wouldn't you have that same visceral reaction to eating a cookie shaped like a person? So it kind of put that into perspective for me, and I think it may have ruined gingerbread cookies for me forever. It's, I'm just, I'm a straight Oreo guy now. Nothing with a face. I'm not going to go vegan, but nothing that actively looks like a person. I don't think I could eat again. Fantastic job. It really deserves to be the standout of all of them because it, it leaves an impression. It's one that I've thought about again and again and again. So fantastic job to Cartoon Squid. I checked out his YouTube channel. Or hers. I don't know. I shouldn't assume gender. Uh, But I checked out Cartoon Squid's YouTube channel. It's a bunch of cartoons that they don't seem very hard. They're about 30 seconds, but the animation is just as crisp. And it looks like this was like the longest project that they had created. So like big ups on this because for someone who had just done very short animations up until now, you knocked it out of the park. So fantastic job to Cartoon Squid. That brings us to the one I am going to mispronounce, and that is Thornius. I think it's Thornius by the Henson Brothers. Uh, This one by far looks the best. It looks phenomenal. And like, it's a great outdoor setting and like, it's so well lit. It's lit properly, which is so hard to do. If you've ever watched me try to do uh, a live stream on Twitch, it's so hard to light things. So it looks amazing. Uh, there's a few things I don't quite get about it, but uh, I greatly enjoyed it. it. It created a great atmosphere with this monster that eats teeth. The reveal at the end is this man that goes and checks out the Thornius brings blood and teeth to feed this creature who 
He's covered in blood and has these like black sharp teeth uh, as he eats teeth. Very, very um, Teen Titans go tooth fairy. The man who's visiting the Thornius eventually takes his hood off and his mask off. And he has the same face as the Thornius. Um, my first thought when I saw this, and I'm sorry to the to the Henson brothers, my first thought was, oh, they only have one actor. So they had to hide the actor's face. So it when it was a revealed, I was like, oh, it's part of the plot. Okay, cool, cool. I really wish he had worn a hat and covered a little bit of his hair because I put it together too quickly. And it's clearly part of the plot in that he has a notebook that he drops. And I immediately pause it because you know, I'm solving mysteries here. And there's like a sketch of this creature and it has large horns. So apparently it's also a shape-shifting sort of monster because it doesn't appear to be what is sketched. There's also seems to be some sort of language uh, that looks similar to Matt Pat's language from the Game Theorist uh, ARG that happened a few weeks ago. I tried to decode it and I didn't get anywhere. So if I was supposed to be able to solve that, you bested me. But... Very cool, uh, very high production at the end where he falls and they hide his teeth. So it looks like he, all of his teeth have been removed. Fantastic. I watched some of their other stuff on their YouTube channel. Again, it's the Henson Brothers. I watched their video Eating. Uh, I liked Eating a little bit more than I liked this, but it's a very similar style of there is no dialogue. The story is being shown to you, not told to you. And it's up to your interpretation. Uh, and it too has some great like sound editing. They, they use the sound of a projector to create fear and tension. Very well done. So uh, big ups to the Henson brothers. You can check them out on YouTube as well. Maybe I'll include links to all their stuff below. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm a lazy man. Oh, and I, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. The song that plays at the end of Thornius is awesome. That video is an advertisement for that CD because the song that plays at the end is great. So if nothing else, check out the song at the end of Thornius because it's awesome. That brings us to the Thompson Foundation, which is Here Comes the Rain. Here Comes the Rain is a kind of found footage where it is basically a, an older man, I, I guess, uh, taking someone on a nature hike. And he's using a wooden, like, walking stick. And you get that creepy feeling that something's off with this man. As he explains that we're going through the woods to see his friends, and his friends are trees. And this got a laugh out, out of me, and I don't know if this was the intention, but it made me giggle. There's a moment where he's standing there with his walking stick, and he says... Oh, I know the names of all these trees. Just point to a tree and I'll tell you the tree's name. And I thought that was so funny because like there's no chance that the person with the camera is going to be like, we'll name that one. And he'll be like Edward. And he could have any authority to be like, nope, wrong. You don't know that tree's name. <laughs> like it, the absurdity of it was just great. Um what he ends up doing is pointing to a tree and the man says that that tree was his wife. Very uncomfortable. 
And then he says, oh, we got one more thing I want to show you. And of course, you as an audience member are like, don't, don't, this was a crazy man. <laughs> Let's learn and not go with him. But of course, because it's a horror short, he goes with him and he ends up dropping the stick and turns out he is not a frail old man. And he's going to plant our man holding the video camera and after knocking him out in a gazebo, which he calls the pot, he runs screaming, here comes the rain, here comes the rain. Now, he had mentioned earlier that he says that there's some debris left over from the Reapers, and you kind of just take it in that moment that he's crazy, but the ending kind of implies that there is something else out there that is going to do something to the person in the gazebo. Uh, and then it, the tape ends abruptly and it says the Thompson Foundation and copyright 2016, which makes me wonder like, hey, was this around? Did did you already have this laying around? But I actually think that we were supposed to take that that was an actual company. I feel like that's not the uh, like the brand who made this video. I felt like we were supposed to take like, oh, this is evidence in something. I don't know. Maybe I got it wrong. I like this one. It's very like, it, has, it kind of feels Blair Witch with a, a lighter sense to it. So I, I super dug this one. That brings us to God, You're Pathetic. God, You're Pathetic done by Cackling Pumpkins, but they were actually called uh, Crimson Kingdom. But apparently they are changing to Cackling Pumpkins. So if you're looking for them, look for Crimson Kitchen. This was very cool. This made it feel like it was a video game and you were going through each of these scenarios, which were basically the bad thoughts that haunt you. You start with a purple slug who is just bringing up things from so long ago, you know, bringing up things you did when you were a child. And, you know, as someone that does that to themselves every once in a while where I'm like, oh, remember in fifth grade? When you did that embarrassing thing, ah, oh, that still haunts me. So the fact that basically it's a horror movie playing on yourself being the monster in a way, greatly done. V greatly done. That was greatly done. That was, that was very well done, if I want to use proper English. If I don't, it was greatly done. Uh, the next monster is the job interview, which is basically saying that if looked over the file and because of horrible things that were done in his childhood in high school and the way he had treated women, uh, that <clears throat> I'll do that again. Uh, the purple monster. Oh my God. So this purple monster is just bringing up all these horrible things and is also setting up the fact that there is a job interview coming up and that the protagonist, whoever's playing the game, or I guess us, shouldn't go to the job interview because they might know the information from your past and would never hire you. The next level is the job interview. And it's a guy who makes lava lamps, like you're getting a lava lamp job, which I thought was fun. And he basically does know all those things. And since you were such a bad person, there's no way that he could hire you. The final boss of this is 
a little bit hard to understand because it's so modulated, but basically just really hammering home that there's no chance that you'll get this job, which is very important because it's proving that the scenario we saw before of the job interview was not actually the job interview. It was someone thinking about how the job interview could go so that when this monster shows up, it's just basically you're losing. Like the the person playing the game is losing and it, these bad thoughts are becoming more powerful and more scary and taking away your agency even more and more and beating you down and beating you down and beating you down. And then the ending is game over, try again. And this is up for debate. It says yes or no. It starts on yes. It moves to no. And it moves back to yes. And then start is pressed. This could be seen as, do you give up or do you keep going? And this person has chosen to keep going. Or it could be seen as a person trying to decide not to listen to those voices and then letting them have control again. So at the end of it, I am not sure if this is a positive outcome or a negative outcome, which is super creepy. Uh, The last thing I want to bring up, And I don't know if this was the intention, but the whole thing in the second bit about things that they've done in the past coming back and stopping them from getting jobs, I don't know if that was supposed to be like, these are your dark thoughts, you know, put them out of your mind, or if that was commentary on today's cancel culture. Like, for those of you that, you know, know me, you know that I work in stand-up comedy and that I work in this, like, weird nerd celebrity world of conventions and stuff like that. So I know people who have been canceled. You can't see my quotation figures. Canceled. And it's tough because, like, I I know people who have done things that got them canceled and what they did was not defendable. But I wouldn't go as far as to say that it was not forgivable. Like, they did the bad thing, but that shouldn't ruin them for the rest of their lives. So, seeing this kind of hit me from a lot of, like, different angles. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, no one deserves to be canceled. But I do think that there is a weird gray area of, like, someone can mess up when they're a stupid kid. And that one event will haunt them for the rest of their lives. And the fact that we're constantly under that threat nowadays, it it can't be good for us mentally. So shining this light on that really hit home. It was horror in a very different way in that it was like, yeah, this is really upsetting. (laughs) I'm really upset and bothered by this. And if you want to check out more from these guys, Cackling Pumpkins, or as they're better known as Crimson Kingdom on YouTube, you can check out their stuff. They have a very Nightmind feel. It's a lot of, like, top ten list and also, like, their evaluations of creepypastas and stuff like that. Definitely someone that I'm going to be subscribing to, so be sure to check them out. Uh, they got a lot of good content. They probably have the most content out of everyone that was on this, I think. I think they had the most. Up next is Haunted Asbury Cemetery by Zombie. That's Zombie with an X. Now, these guys, I got very excited because I was like, oh, Asbury. Like Asbury, New Jersey? Are we neighbors? No, this is in Mississippi. And this feels more like a podcast in that, like, the visuals kind of add things, but they're not necessary to enjoying it. You can kind of just close your eyes and 
you know, just get the story. It's kind of a storytelling thing. Really enjoyable. It felt like an audiobook that had some creepy tones to it. I would totally subscribe to this podcast where he just tells me spooky stories. Uh, I felt like this was part of a series, but there's a lot of things in there. Maybe that was just wishful thinking because there's a lot of things in there that imply that this is a one-off. But I could listen to this guy tell me scary stories for days and days and days. So make a podcast. Do it. Uh, the one thing that really got me was they said that a black dog scratched a girl and we felt like we should go. But they show a picture of the scratch and like she missing large chunks of her body. And I was just like, whoa, that doesn't match with your tone or what you just said. But uh, other than that, it's a very tightly told story that is – I don't know if it's believable is the word I want to use, but – um It's the word I'm going to use. It's a believable story where I could totally see this being passed down and being uh, kind of the culture of this area is this kind of urban legend. Very cool. Very good stuff. Perfectly told. Next is me, the ASMR video. I'm not going to do an analysis of my own stuff, but I will say this. I had no idea I had been accepted. I had applied, but I didn't receive an email saying that I was accepted. I might not have just checked the right email account because I forget which email I used to send him this video, but... I had no idea I was in the candy bowl. So I kind of put the candy bowl on and was kind of like reserved to the fact that I had not been accepted. For some reason, I scrolled down and looked at the first comment and someone had said that they were very interested in the ASMR one by Noah Houlihan. So I was like, oh, there's my name. Oh my God, I am in it. So that was super exciting. I'm really pleased that uh, this little video that I made got out there. Uh, If you're a fan of me, you may have caught the other video where this was supposed to be a four-part series, and this is the only one I got done. So maybe the rest of Plus Two Horror will see the light of day at some point. I've also thought of some new ones that I want to do. So I don't know if I'm going to pursue horror more, but this was super fun, and I got a lot of positive reinforcement from it. Uh, There's a lot of great comments, uh, you know, saying good things about me, which I really appreciate. I also feel like I'm the only one people said negative things about, which in the same way made me happy. And I was like, ah, I stood out. (laughs) So it was one of the more discussed ones in here. So thank you to everyone that, you know, watched the candy bowl and got spooked by me doing an ASMR video. It was very spooky. And then the main event, the uh, closing one, the headliner is Linger. Linger is a music video and my interpretation of it is it is a ghost doing ghost hunting. So the ghost is looking for ghosts. And at the end, after creating all these videos, they end up burning the tape. Uh, I was wondering if this was maybe a commentary on the urge of looking for something to film, something to create, something out there that to get on camera without looking within Because he's the spoopiest thing there. He is a ghost. That was my interpretation. I don't know if that's true. But I really liked it. I liked the original music. It was done by Aiden Elliott. And I checked out his YouTube channel. He's 12 years old. I'm kidding. Because he had to be 18 to submit. But he's a... He's probably 18. He's very young. And uh, he's created some other horror shorts that I really enjoyed. He had one called The Greatest Gift. It's like like a minute long. Super good. 
like the things you can accomplish in just a minute is spectacular. So check him out. He only has a few videos, but you're going to see great things coming from this kid. I feel like an old man, but check him out. It's awesome. So overall, I thought the, the candy bowl was strong this year. One of the complaints I kept seeing online is that it felt slapped together that Nick didn't really care about this year's candy bowl and was kind of rushed. And I get that Nick Nocturne was hosting Furpocalypse like right during this weekend that this was supposed to come out. So everyone kind of felt like he had he wasn't focused on this and he wasn't. He was hosting a convention. As someone who does conventions, conventions wipe you out. This still came out on Halloween. Not in my time zone, but probably in his. Still came out in Halloween. I thought it was great. I I I do wish that he had hosted it more in previous candy bowls uh he's kind of talked and set up each clip in between and i would have liked to have done that because i'm a big fan of nick nocturne in the nightmind channel and it would have been nice to hear him say you know my name out loud i guess but it by no means like ruins the experience for me like it's kind of like when you go to disney world and the ride that you want to go on is broken like, ah, I really would have wanted to go on Splash Mountain, but hey, I'm still in Disney World. <laughs> Everything is pretty cool right now. So I have no qualms with the fact that he wasn't able to put together uh, a video that met the imaginary standards that people were placing upon it. I still thought this was fun. So again, thank you to Nick Nocturne and everybody at Nightmind. If, which I guess is his patrons, because I think it's just him, for uh, creating the candy bowl. The one thing I will say, though, is I really think if he had set up each clip and maybe had everyone that submitted something also submit how it tied into their wicked roots, we could have seen the theme a little bit more. But that being said, there was a nice thread that kind of went through all these videos. First and foremost, not a jump scare to be found. I really thought that there'd be at least one cheap jump scare. Most people thought it would be in my video. That, you know, just a big boo, which is what you expect when you think of like Halloween and horror and stuff like that. Not a one. So bravo there that we we all stayed away from that. Jump scares are my least favorite thing about horror. I'd rather it be creepy or grotesque or, you know psychological than you know just a loud noise that startles me so i love the fact that there's not a jump scare to be found there's also this trend of it seems like most of the videos had the viewer be actively involved my video was an asmr video so like it's meant to cause a reaction with you. And I am talking directly to you. I tell a story in second person where I say like, you do this and you do that. There's God, you're pathetic, which is meant to be a video game. So the, the idea that you were watching this as the player of this, uh, here comes the rain is like a found footage. So it's, you know, first person, the same way that a film about Barry is the, Haunting of the Asbury Cemetery is a video essay, so it is meant to be it, – it's kind of a lecture that – so you're kind of actively involved as you – know, 
So a lot of these had this kind of theme of like the viewer of the horror being part of it. So I kind of really think that that was the wicked roots of all of us is that horror really grabbed us and pulled us in and horror is engaging in a way that other media is not because if you don't really pay attention to it if you're not focused on it if you're on your phone while you're viewing horror it's not going to work like all you have to do to not get scared is not really pay attention so Horror requires an engagement with the audience, and we really see that in a lot of these videos. Also, a lot of these videos, there's like this feeling of creating content. Like, so many of these videos involve a camera. Linger involves a camera. Here Comes the Rain involves a camera. Uh, there's kind of like this weird voyeur perspective that we get for uh, Just as Edible, because like we're we're seeing the narrator kind of talking to this person. Uh, a film for Barry is done through a camera. So like there's the ones like um, Thornius, which is just a short film. And like the fact that a camera is involved is only so that we can see it as it's not a role in the narrative. But a camera plays a role in so many of the narratives here. So I like the idea that our wicked roots come from the need to create. Whether that just be filming a party, whether that be, you know, the life of a cartoon that is brought to life through us. Uh, it just seemed like there was a, a need to create was a very common wicked root. Also, shout outs to Here Comes the Rain for being the only one to actually talk about roots. Because there's a whole part about tree roots in it. And I was like, ah, wicked roots. Perfect. <laughs> that kind of made me want it to go on last. So it's like, oh, roots. Right. The theme. But I thought it was neat that. You know, all these creators, we didn't speak to each other. I didn't know who any of these people were. We didn't know who was selected. And yet this kind of thread did kind of appear that tied all of us together. Uh, a a root, so to say, a root system grew through us and created this one piece of art. I thought that was interesting and beautiful. I know it's weird to call horror beautiful, but I'm doing it again. Here we are. So. Thank you so much for taking some time and listening to uh, my ramblings about this year's Candy Bowl. Uh, thanks to all the creators and, of course, to Nick Nocturne for putting it all together. Um, I hope I didn't sound too negative at any time. I really did enjoy this whole Candy Bowl experience, and it, it felt really good to be involved and you know be part of something that I'm usually uh, a world that I'm usually not known for for stepping my toes into. But uh, I like horror. So maybe there'll be more horror stuff coming up. I mean, there's some sinister tones in this very podcast here on Stay Doomed. So maybe this is where I am at home. In any case, thank you so much for listening. If you want more Stay Doomed, be sure to subscribe here on iTunes or on Podbean or on YouTube. The choice is yours. You have so many different ways that you can get them. If this is your first time joining us here on the Stay Doomed show, welcome. Thank you for joining us for this special episode. Our normal episodes is a dissection of shows that ran one season or less, and we explain 
if they could be resurrected, should be resurrected, or if they should just stay doomed. We are looking next week, I know we had to delay it a week and I apologize, but next week we are looking at the pilot, because only one episode was ever made, of Clarissa Now, the spinoff of Clarissa Explains It All, where Clarissa goes and gets a job at a newspaper in New York City. This aired during the Big Helpathon, and there's nice little Big Helpathon bumpers when you watch this on YouTube. If you want to watch that and listen to next week's podcast, that is also available in the description below. And if you want to talk to us and suggest things, you can find us on Twitter at Stay Doomed, or you can send us an email of all your suggestions at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com and if you want to just talk to me about your asmr experience i'm at tv's noah as always stay doomed <laughs>